0: UK Cambridge Centre podcast. In this Integrated Cancer Medicine Research in Focus series, I talk to various ICM members about their research and how it is supported by the vision of the Mark Foundation Institute for Integrated Cancer Medicine. MFICM research uses cutting-edge analytics to maximise the use of diverse high-volume data sets and by capturing cancer heterogeneity in time and space in patients receiving active treatment. Integrated Cancer Medicine aims to transform the way the world treats cancer by affecting patients along their treatment pathway and ultimately accelerate cures. Today I have with me Dr Shubha Anand and Dr Ezekiel Martin-Rodriguez and we're going to talk about the Cancer Molecular Diagnostics Laboratory and how it enables clinical trials and translational studies. Dr. Anand is Director of CMDL and Dr. Martin Rodriguez is Senior Bioinformatician within CMDL at the University of Cambridge. So firstly, could I ask you, where is CMDL situated? How is it funded? And what is its main function? So the CMDL is situated
1: in the Clifford Albert building, and we also have a small laboratory which is embedded in the Cambridge Breast Cancer Unit within Addenbrooke's Hospital. We are funded mainly by the Cambridge Cancer Centre, as well as the NIHR Biomedical Research Council. So our main function, in fact, is to do exactly what you said in the introduction, which is to enable clinical trials and the translational studies. So we do that by either collecting the clinical trial samples uh, from within the hospital, which our satellite laboratory does. We also get some samples delivered straight to the Clifford Albert building. And then we do molecular analysis, extractions, and we also uh, help setting up new assays because we have a team of postdocs
0: as well as research technicians who are highly qualified to do that. I know that CMDL supports the 12 major interdisciplinary research programs. Firstly, can you tell me how it supports the disease areas within the integrated cancer medicine program? So, part of CMDL's funding also comes from the Mark Foundation
1: Institute for Integrated Cancer Medicine. And at present, this program is running in breast, ovarian, renal, pancreatic, and hematological malignancies too. So for all these programs, uh, we are doing a complete set of analysis, starting from sample collection to molecular assay setup. For example, the for the hematological malignancies, we are now developing a new lymphoma panel, which we hope will uh, be diagnosing the patient in real time. And perhaps Ezekiel can go a bit more details about the
2: lymphoma panel this lymphoma panel is is designed so we can test the gemline dna from the patient and the dna from the tumor of the same patient before they start treatment and once they start treatment we are going to be doing with the same panel free floating dna from the tumor that goes into the blood and comparing the analysis that we get from that plasma dna versus the tumor dna to see how the patient is progressing during treatment
0: so that's really interesting. Can you tell me a little bit more about how that works? Does the tumor DNA change or how does that test work?
2: Yeah, it's, it's a little bit complicated. It gets very technical, but essentially when you sequence from a tumor, whether it is an FFPE embed chunk of a tumor or fresh frozen, you are sequencing directly cells that are from the tumor and extracting DNA from there. So you see more directly the mutations that are in, in the tumor and that are causing the tumor to be pathogenic. While when you look at the fragments that are floating on the plasma, you are sampling a heterogeneous bunch of DNA fragments that's shown from the tumor, while a, a large percentage of those are from normal cells. So first of all, you need to be able to separate them as, as well as possible, while afterwards doing bioinformatic analysis to be able to tell what, what's what. And when you do uh, correctly that what's what, and there are several methods for doing that, you are able to, one, see if mutations that you know where in the tumor from the sequencing of the tumor itself are present. You see them in the fragments of tumoral DNA in the plasma on one side and on another side. You can look at overall mutational profiles at very low levels of frequency in those fragments of tumoral DNA in the plasma. To see how much tumoral DNA there is in this plasma sample versus normal DNA, and with that you see the tumour load that that patient has as an evolution during the treatment to predict if they are going to be responding well to the treatment or not before any other methods can do the same thing, like radiology or any kind of imaging.
0: So it's essentially an early indicator to treatment response. Yep. Yeah. Great, thank you. Could you briefly describe how CMDL supports other areas, sort of early detection, prostate cancer, and perhaps early phase clinical trials, for example? Yes, so
1: we have uh, two programmes at the moment running for prostate cancer, which is also a translational study, almost like the personalised breast cancer programme, where we are sequencing either the fresh frozen or the FFP, which is the formalin-fixed paraffin-embedded tissue from these patients, along with MAT germline, to understand which kind of driver mutations are present in these metastatic prostate cancer samples. And then the idea is that if there are some DNA damage response genes which are mutated in these cancers, that they can be uh, channeled to specific clinical trial in the future. So this is just a proof of concept studies. And for other early phase trials, the major one which we are working for at the moment is the Cancer Core Europe basket-of-basket trials, and for this we are getting samples from five major centers within Europe, and we sequence again the the MAT germline as well as the tumor tissue, and uh, sending the results which we obtained with our CMDL-developed 350-gene cancer panel to the molecular tumor portal where it is discussed weekly uh, in an MDT. So this is how we are supporting other trials. And do you support other research as well? Yes, so uh, Ezekiel, who is our senior bioinformatician, he has set up a number of different collaborations with labs within Biomedical Campus, and I think he can talk about those collaborations.
2: Yeah, in the the Biomedical Campus and in Cambridge and and in a lot of places, I think there is this uh, situation in which a lot of groups don't have much bioinformatic support or expertise within their own group. Uh, and it is quite heterogeneous. Some groups have a lot, some groups don't have uh, anything, and so on, and everything in the middle because of how big the explosion in big uh, genetic data has been in the last decade, essentially. So the scientific community is still, in a way, adjusting to that. A significant amount of groups that they don't have the ability to analyze the data from the wet lab experiments on their own. And that is another way that CNDL tries to support researchers, clinical researchers in the campus, which is uh, when they have done their own sequencing, whether they have done it through CNDL or through someone else, we also collaborate to analyze that data and to make sense of it. One example is one clinical trial run by Dr. Simon Mendez on leukemia with tamoxifen to see the effects of tamoxifen in leukemia using RNA seq for expression of, uh, of genes in patients who are responders and who are not responders. Another example is a study with cell lines um, that we are doing on lung cancer to see the effects of different anti tumoral drugs like cisplatin and palbocycline in the um, cells that are converted to senescent cells due to the effect of those drugs, and they secrete a bunch of molecules uh, once they become senescent by the drug, and what is the effect that those uh, secreted molecules have on the cells around it, which is a very powerful prognostic tool for whether a patient that has overcome a cancer will have another one in the future or not.
0: Ezekiel, that's so interesting. Can you explain to us what RNA-seq is? Because I'm not sure the listeners would understand that term.
2: RNA is ribonucleic acid, which is the the molecule, the intermediary molecule between DNA, which is where the information is encoded in the the nucleus of the cell, and the protein, which are uh, essentially, for the most part, the functional effect of the cell. And this intermediary is expressed from the DNA. And the the levels at at which it is expressed, and also whether it is or not a certain gene, it's a proxy for for the function of that gene. So some genes are switched on or or off, uh, meaning that there will be or there won't be RNA for that gene in the cell. Also, some genes, the level at which they are functional of levels of uh, RNA, it's different. Some genes might require a lot of RNA to be present for a lot of protein to be made from that RNA to exert its function, while others at very low level, like for example, transcription factors, they will do its effect. The levels at which genes are expressed within a specific cell type, in a specific moment in the biology of a cell or an organism, are very tightly regulated by the genome. And changes in those levels can produce pathologies like cancer. So uh, by comparing the levels of expression between a person that has a disease and a person that doesn't of certain genes, you can understand the biology of that disease. In the example that I put before of the clinical trial of leukemia, for example, we are comparing the levels of expression, the amount of RNA from all the genes in the genome, around 20,000 genes. We are comparing the levels of expression between RNA extracted from tumor of patients that are responding to the treatment and people that are not responding to the treatment to see what are the changes so we understand how people respond or don't respond to
0: a treatment. So essentially, this is really helping to personalize their care because if they're not responding, then they can change their treatment.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's very interesting because you can do things like using uh, machine learning algorithms. You can use the whole data set. You don't have to go to a specific gene, but you, you use the whole data set and you can predict from the levels of expression of certain genes in the tumor which tumour is going to respond to a treatment and which tumour isn't going to respond to that same treatment.
0: So you're affecting treatment even before it's been given? Mm, Yeah, in a way, yeah. Amazing. What services does CMDL currently offer and are there any development plans?
1: Currently, uh, we are doing mainly collections of materials from patients. We are extracting nucleic acids. We are uh, developing next-generation sequencing panels. For different diseases. So we have this 350 gene pan cancer panel, which is working very well in our hands. We have a small myeloid panel, which we are currently using for sequencing a severe COVID-19 patient DNA, uh, which is also a collaboration with the lab in Department of Hematology, Professor Vasilio's lab. And then we are developing this lymphoma panel, which Dr. Dan Hodson from Hematology has started the direct trial. The plans are that we will be able to offer exome sequencing as well as RNA sequencing, which we haven't developed yet. The thing which I want to mention is which we just launched on the circulating tumor DNA. We are doing shallow whole genome sequencing as well as panel-based sequencing. And this is working very well in our hands. And Ezekiel has developed or three different pipelines for the analysis of circulating tumor DNA, which we are now able to offer. So the plans in the future are to do perhaps single cell sequencing if we get uh, interest from the biomedical campus, as well as to offer more ctDNA services. And why are these different types
0: of sequencing
1: important?
2: The question that each different clinical trial is asking is usually a very unique and specific question to that clinical trial. Some questions are better suited to be answered from going as large as possible, being the top whole genome sequencing, while some other trials are super specific about how one very specific mutation in the gene tp 53 affects this very specific type of cancer in this very specific type of individuals and everything in the middle. That's why it is important that a place like CNDL offer different products that people can use depending on the needs of the clinical trial that they are running.
0: Thank you. Could you describe your workflow for the analysis within an integrated cancer medicine clinical trial?
1: I would perhaps take an example of atrium, which is ATR inhibitor trial started by Professor Duncan Jodrell uh, in the CCTC. Uh, It's for pancreatic cancer. How it starts is that the patient is recruited within CCTC, and then we get an email from either the research nurse or the clinical trial coordinator that. We would be getting samples for this trial. So then our laboratory is prepared. So for this trial, for example, we are collecting peripheral blood mononuclear cells, which we have to collect within certain hours. We have to isolate from the bloods which we get. The team is also collecting plasma from the blood samples which are collected by the patient. Once the patient goes into surgery, we would get diagnostic biopsy sample, which would come to us via tissue bank within the CUH. And also we get buffy coat DNA from the patient, which is again coming from blood, which will act as the germline control for the DNA. So once all these patient material has reached CMDL via its passage through the tissue bank and the CCTC, we process them, we extract the nucleic acids, and then we go on to do downstream molecular assays. Once the assay is done, Ezekiel will analyse the data with his bioinformatics pipeline, depending on what question needs to be answered. We will uh, do the preliminary analysis and then we will uh, transmit the data back to the trials team. There are a team of clinicians, as well as scientists, as well as us. So when needed, the data will be discussed. So at the moment, this is the complete workflow for uh, CMDN. And what sort of timescale does that take? It all depends on the trials translational plan. So some some trials, for example, the Cancer Core Europe, we need to put the results out within two weeks. Uh, but there are other trials who would do batch analysis. So it depends from trial to trial. So the PI of the trials is in direct contact with us most of the time or the clinical trials coordinator. So we work closely with them, have good communication, and depending on when the results are needed, we try to produce as quickly as possible. There are other studies or trials where we are just doing isolations uh, of DNA and RNA, which normally takes us a week or a two.
0: And you use some really interesting terms. You used buffy coat and germline. If you could just tell me a little bit about what that means. Buffy coat is when the blood is extracted and you
1: just pin down the blood and you take all the white blood cell compartment, which forms in a layer after spinning. That's the layer which is called the buffy coat. Uh, It's mainly consisting of lymphocytes and that is routinely used for germline DNA sequencing for a patient. But for example, in myeloid malignancies or hematological malignancies where these compartments are also affected, this is not a good germline control. And we have one trial, the diffuse large B-cell lymphoma trial, where we we do not use the buffy coat as the mat germline for that patient. So for that, uh, CMDL has developed a method to isolate a different compartment from the blood, which is the myeloid compartment, which is not affected by the diffuse large B-cell lymphoma disease, uh, because it's a lymphoid-specific disease. We have developed a method to isolate granulocytes from those patients, which is a different compartment, and that is used for germline testing. I think the thing to point out here is to have a very good and robust analysis. We normally uh, would like to sequence both germline as well as tumor DNA from each patient, but this doesn't mean that you can't do tumor sequencing without germline. So it's possible, and Ezekiel again has developed pipelines to do only tumor sequencing where germline DNA is not available. And germline DNA means? What you are born with.
2: Germline DNA really is only the the DNA that is in the germline. That is the DNA that is inherited to the next generation. But uh, it is assumed that the level of somatic mutation in normal tissues is sufficiently low through life so that the DNA in any other cell, which is not a tumoral cell in the body, is similar to that of the germline, and that is why it's called germline in the medical setting of cancer uh, genetics. That is not necessarily true, because it is known that, for example, on average, uh, white populations accumulate one uh, mutation per megabase per year through their life. So it is somatic DNA; it's not germline DNA. But compared to the level of mutation that a tumour has, is nothing, so we proxy it to germline DNA.
0: Thank you, great explanation. And I'd like to ask you why your work is so important.
1: At the moment, there are a lot of translational studies which are going on, and are especially, you know, for early detection or also for early intervention of when a therapy is not working. So what we are doing is bridging the gap for these studies very quickly because we have all these panels set up, all these collection events for clinical trials set up. So we can help these labs to perform their studies better by uh, bridging in this gap. Otherwise, each laboratory will have to set up or each trial will have to set up these methodologies within their own research labs. So being a central lab who has set up these robustly and working at good clinical practice helps labs to have that confidence that this is already set up they just send us the samples we do the work for them we also have the calibre to analyse the data and that's how we we are really enabling I hope the trials as well as translational studies.
0: It gives a really good consistency
1: Mm -hmm. can I ask you how you're regulated? So at present, we are hoping to get ISO accredited. We have signed a memorandum of understanding with Addenbrooke's Hospital Genomic Laboratory Hub. We are hoping to come under their quality umbrella, but CMDL is already audited by the CCTC quality team, but that is working under GCP and GCLP conditions. So we are going to recruit a quality lead for CMDL who will uh, facilitate our getting into the ISO accredited environment. We participate in external quality schemes, and we have passed all the external quality schemes satisfactorily. And we also do intra-laboratory and inter-laboratory exchanges of material. And our main quality test comes when we send our Cancer Core Europe results, which is our 350 gene panel results, to discussed in the molecular tumor board portal which occurs weekly and there our results are directly compared with the fda approved foundation medicine panel and so we already know that we are working at a high quality it's just that we require that stamp from ucas to be accredited and we are working towards that
0: so how can people get in touch with you if they would like to use your services We
1: have a page on
0: the Cambridge Cancer Centre website. On the webpage, in fact, we have addresses
1: of all our staff as well as our common email address. So people are welcome to get in touch. So we are always open for for ideas as well as new studies.
0: And where do you see CMDL going in the next five to ten years?
1: So the grand plan is that uh, we would move into the new Cambridge Cancer Research Hospital. There will be an institute of integrated cancer medicine within the hospital, as well as our laboratories. So the aim is to continue to provide all the services which we are currently offering, as well as to expand ourselves perhaps more into gene expression analysis, as well as single cell sequencing and single cell assays. The other aim is to, of course, get ISO accredited and work closely with the Genomic Hub, and have
0: a close association with other BRC labs. And where do you see integrated cancer medicine taking us in the next five to ten years?
2: Where do I see us taking, or where do I want us (laughs)
0: taking? (laughs) Both, tell me both. Because we
2: are testing all new ways of doing personalized precision medicine, to achieve the, that future that has been largely advertised of that each person, no matter the pathology that they have, whether it is cancer or something else, they will go to a hospital and the whole genome will be done routinely. And they will get not only treatment, but also prognosis and, and uh, preventive action to any pathology that they have or may have. I see us taking in that direction, but it's slower than we would all like to be because science and medicine is slow. That's a necessity. Thanks very
1: much. So for me, I think the idea is to bring in data from imaging, radiology, genomics, and other assays together so that it becomes a personalized treatment for that patient. I think the to integrate all these key areas in a patient's pathway is very important already because there should be crosstalk and not individual decisions made
0: based on one individual profile. Thanks very much. It's been such an interesting conversation with the both of you this afternoon. So I'd just like to say thank you very much for joining me on this podcast.
1: Thank you, Ellie. Thank you for having us.
0: If you want to find out more about the work of the Mark Foundation Institute for Integrated Cancer Medicine, please visit our website at www.integratedcancermedicine.org where you can find details of the ICM vision, all the current research, clinical trials, resources, publications and team information. You can keep up to date with our latest news and events and you can also sign up for our newsletter. If you would like more information about the work of the CRUK Cambridge Centre please go to www.crukcambridgecentre.org.uk or you can connect with us on Twitter using our handle at CRUK Centre. Thanks for listening and do join us again soon.